0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Let's get to Jeff Goodman from Stadium, who joins us on the Harbor One hotline this morning. Hey, Jeff, how are
2: you? I'm good. I'm hoping today is a little quieter than than yesterday was. (laughs) You know, man, it was just one after the other, you know, wake up. Dropped my my wife's car off in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, for an oil change. Come home, and I don't think I showered yesterday.
1: Was uh, um, <laughs> that is a douche move? <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Yes. It really is. <laughs> well, um, when when is your guess at when the Celtics uh, or Danny Ainge made this yeah. decision?
2: I mean, my guess is they had to have some idea of this when Brad Stevens was slightly entertaining or at least being courted by indiana university Mm -hmm. right had to have an idea that this is the direction potentially it would go and i think danny ainge listen i've heard this all season long that this could be danny ainge's kind of swan song um that that you know he's ready to kind of move on to the next step whatever that may be i still think he'll stay in basketball in some capacity it wouldn't shock me if he's involved with like you know moves out to utah golfs a lot like he said he wants to do and is involved with maybe the utah jazz to some extent it could be anything from you know a jerry west type role as a consultant to you know minority owner who knows but but i think he'll stay involved and, and that obviously triggered the brad stevens move the Eanes move wasn't surprising at all the brad stevens move for me was absolutely shocking
1: shocking i had no idea and, and was was he the heir apparent all along? Do, do you think they looked at other candidates?
2: No, I don't know if they looked at other candidates, but I, I don't think he was the heir apparent at all. I think this was kind of a, hey, it's not working as head coach. What else can we figure out here? Danny Ains puts the stamp of approval on it to ownership, and they say, all right, you know what? Um, it, it won't cost us any money. You know, and I think that's part of it. The financial aspect of it uh, played in here from what I was told because ultimately if Brad Stevens was – they knew they had to make a major move, right? They didn't want to get rid of – obviously Jason Tatum's untouchable. but we know that. I've said they should look at trading Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal. You know, but I said you got to make a major move, and a major move isn't Marcus Smart. A major move is looking at trading to Jalen Brown for somebody, another all-star, or making a move with your coach. Well, they made a move with their coach here and didn't have to pay $30 million that Brad Stevens is owed. You gave him another gig, and now the big question is for me, and nobody asked it yesterday, um, how long, Brad? How long do you want to do this? You know, Can you really deal with not coaching long-term? I could see this being a one-year deal for Brad. And really? he says, you know what? Yeah, after a year, like I miss coaching. I miss being around the guys. That's all he's done for the last 15 years. 20 years is being around players. It's very different being a GM. Obviously, the pressure is not quite the same on a daily basis, and, and the schedule is not nearly as taxing, and he's got two kids that are you know, early teenage years, so he'll be able to see his family more, and I think that's very important to Brad Stevens. But ultimately, I don't. I don't think this is a long-term deal for Brad Stevens as a GM and in the front office. I think he'll, he'll want to coach again.
1: But if you're Wick uh, Wick Grossbeck in the ownership group, and you, as you said, Brad Stevens was not working as a head coach, what yeah. suggests that he is going to work as the president of basketball operations?
2: Again, I think it was probably Danny Ainge going to ownership and, and saying. And Brad is. He, he's as smart of a dude as I've ever met doing this, covering NBA, college hoops, whatever it is, whatever level. He's as smart of a guy and as, as mature of a, of a guy as I've ever met. Now, does that mean he's going to be a great GM? No. But his Rolodex for college is going to be greater than any other GM in in, in the league because he, he knows all these coaches. They're not going to BS him. When a lot of GMs call coaches, you know, if you call Mike Krzyzewski right now about Jalen Johnson, a freshman who left the team in February or January, late late January, you know, he may BS him. He may give him a line because he doesn't know him well. Well, Brad Stevens has a great relationship with Coach K, with Roy Williams, with everybody. They all respect him in college. They're not going to BS him. So he's going to get legitimate info. So I, I love that about him. And he obviously knows the Celtics better than anybody. But on the flip side, what I worry about is that Brad Stevens has no sales in him. And I think you need a little bit of BS in you to be a general manager, right? What did we hear about Danny Ainge? Well, like, don't trust Danny, Right. right? Right. right? Other GMs didn't trust him. I don't know, Brad's not really capable of lying, and I think you need to be able to lie to be a great GM. Well,
3: Jeff, one of the, one of the things
1: Greg that, would be a great GM. There well, you go. I mean, yeah, he was trying to pawn Kemba Walker off on, on anybody. That would take him. Right. Oh, he's right. he's, he feels good. He's 100%
3: healthy. Jeff, the issue that I have, or I think that they run into a problem with is... When Brad looks at these players, you talked about Bradley Bale, and I'm all over the Bradley Bale train, but when he looks at certain guys to maybe move on from and you talk about Jalen Brown, doesn't his, his, the way he views these players, isn't it kind of skewed a little bit because he's coached them and goes, well, maybe he doesn't fit in this system rather than just going, hey, everybody's expendable except for Jason Tatum.
2: Yeah, I mean, it could be skewed either way, right? It could be skewed for the positive or the negative. My worry more is that Brad has these deep relationships with these players now. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't think it bothered like Danny Ains didn't care about what people said about him, fans, you, me, whoever. And I think he was like, It's a business. It's a business. I gotta trade whoever, I gotta worry about this team, this franchise. I worry about Brad because he is the nicest human being on the planet that it's gonna be very difficult for him to make a trade and be able to go in the office and tell that player, all right, you've been traded for a bag of balls or whatever.
0: Hey, Jeff, how did Stevens and Ainge get along behind the scenes? Do you think there's a possibility ownership said, oh, they did? Because I wonder whether ownership said Brad wanted to do X, Danny wanted to do Y, and Brad was right, and that's why we're going in this direction.
2: Listen, that's always the case where usually the, the GM wants the coach to play the young guys. Always, there was a case with Doc Rivers and Danny Ainge. It's the case pretty much almost everywhere. But ultimately, they got along about as well as any GM and, and, and coach get along. Like, you never hear a bad word about Brad Stevens, ever. I mean, again, too nice, right? Like, that's what you hear. the The negative about Brad is that he's not tough enough, that he's too nice. But, again, to deal with, to get along with, to work with, I've never heard anybody say anything negative about Brad. Jeff, why is it so difficult for organizations these days to just announce the moves they've made without making it seem like they're all saying kumbaya together? Like, yesterday, the Celtics fired their head coach and they fired their president. Yep. And yet, they all, four of them, sat up there at the dais basically saying that everything's great and we love each other. No, the word was promotion right. for Brad Stevens. Right. Promotion. Come on. Like, are we stupid? He fired. He got fired as head coach and they put him into a different role. Like, I, again, love Brad, but let's call a spade a spade here. Like, it, it was not a promotion. If it was a lateral move. Now, hopefully it's better for Brad and, and the Celtics, and they can hire a coach that can, you know, really push the right buttons, because I think ultimately Brad wasn't pushing the right buttons with this team and, and maybe running the right system to his personnel. Now, Hopefully Brad can work with the next coach, whoever he hires, and figure out, okay, you know what? I didn't have enough shooters on this team. I'm going to make sure the next guy has enough guys who can shoot the basketball. That's what I would look for. I think you're going to see a lot more of that now is Brad Stevens. Because he didn't have some of the the skilled players that he wanted, I think he's going to surround the next coach with a lot more guys that can really, really shoot the basketball. And when they take 45 threes, they're not making, you know, seven. Uh, and, and hopefully the next coach doesn't let Marcus Smart shoot unlimited amount of threes.
1: Speaking of the next coach, Scal says he believes it will be Kara Lawson. Do, do, you know, does she have enough experience, and do you think the Celtics will make her the first female head coach in the NBA?
2: I love Kara. Like, when I joined ESPN, Kara Lawson was like a godsend to me because I had never done TV. The first game I actually worked with, um, was at an LSU UMass game in Amherst, and, and I worked with her. And she was as helpful to somebody like myself, who was a writer, had never done TV, as anybody. So I love Kara, love her. But she was only in Boston for one year, guys. You know, in a, in a supplementary role, she she helped work out the players. She was in charge of a couple players. Uh, she hasn't coached a game at Duke. The Duke men, uh, women's team opted out of the season this year. Hasn't coached a game. I personally think you've got to go with somebody uh, that has played in the NBA and will be able to really reach Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Um, I I think somebody like Juwan Howard at Michigan, who I don't know would even take the job because he's got a son on the team and another son who's going to probably head to Michigan. He's like a junior in in high school, top 50 player. So I don't know if he'd go, but Chauncey Billups is a name. You hear Lloyd Pierce who didn't get along great with Trey Young, and obviously Atlanta did a great job after Lloyd Pierce was was fired. Um, I, I just don't know if if is if the right fit for what they need right now.
3: Jeff, when you look at Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and you brought up Bradley Beal, do you think that those two, just Tatum and Brown, are enough, or is Brad going to have to make a decision on realistically, I might have to move Jalen Brown in order to get another player to play alongside Tatum that can, you know, have a better mix because he knows better than anybody that if Brown and Tatum could actually work together.
2: Hey, Wiggy, here's what I say is sometimes I watch Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum and it looks like they've never played basketball together right. before. Like they just don't have that chemistry. On the court, they're, they're, they're like they're not boys; they don't hang out, but like they're good off the court. But it just they don't have that chemistry. And I, I think, listen, the biggest problem with this team, ultimately, is Kemba Walker and his health. That's it. Like if Kemba Walker is the Kemba Walker prior to the knee injuries, and you added Evan Fournier and Robert Williams is healthy, which are you know Robert Williams being healthy is a big if. But like, okay, you know what? Then I think you got a team that could maybe win the East. But you don't. Kemba's we don't know if Kemba's ever going to be healthy again. I mean, couldn't play in the, the two biggest games of the season. So I, I think that's the bigger issue. But, yes, I think the other issue is I think Bradley Beal and Jason Tatum are a much better fit together because I think Bradley Beal can be a guy who averages seven assists in the league. He can move the ball. He's got to do way more than that as a scorer in Washington and always had to with John Wall and Russell Westbrook is the only two really good players he's played with over the course of his nine years in Washington. But I think if you put him with Tatum, remember they went to the same high school, Beal's like a big brother to him, and Beal knows how to move the basketball. He's a great decision maker when he needs to be. Now, in Washington, he's had a completely different role.
1: When it comes to this decision and either ownership or Danny – did did any of it have to do with these comments that that kind of resurfaced where Danny suggested that he wasn't interested in the political views of players and and you know are we at a point now where that's a giant concern for 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 ownership with regard to players running this league
2: uh, from what i was told no that that this was a Danny decision that was made uh, a while ago that has nothing to do with the recent comments or, or, or anything like that. Um, this was Danny wanting to step away. And and I think part of that you can see, like, the ownership, again, really trusted Danny Ainge. And I think Danny Ainge went to bat for the decision to replace him with Brad Stevens. So I think they, they still respected, trusted Danny Ainge. And I think ultimately, you know, the heart attack two years ago, I, I think changed everything for his family, too and their concern for him and the stress that the job puts him in, whether it's watching games, traveling, you know, the, the, the good part over the last year was he didn't have to travel much because of the pandemic. Now that that's going to change next year. He's going to have to be out scouting college kids at games all the time. He's going to have to be at the combine here in a couple weeks. He would have had to be. So I, I think again, I think the timing was right for him to pull back and not have to do a job that really requires, you know, 60, 70 hours a week during the season.
1: All right, Jeff. Well, appreciate you joining us this morning and talking about the departure of Danny Ainge and the elevation of Brad Stevens. A promotion. Thanks, Gus. A promotion for Brad Stevens. (laughs) Promotion. That's right. right.
2: All
0: right. We'll talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,